So, guys, welcome to the, uh, I guess we're calling it the Harvesting the Gospel podcast, I think is what we kind of decided on yep. it. So, um, welcome, guys. You know, we're we're here, over here at the uh, our church's office. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to get a get a studio going or some kind yeah. of office <laughs> set up. <laughs> I want to be able to, uh, you know, I think you said you have, what, you have a bear, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I got a bear rug and you know a bunch of deer heads we all got that oh yeah yeah i think i got some maybe some turkey fans and we'll put all all kinds of stuff put like a possum buy somebody else's (laughs) (laughs) so yeah yeah so um yeah guys so welcome um my name is dalton mcbride and here with me is jay murray we're your two hosts for this podcast and so Kind of starting out this podcast, you know, this is kind of the pilot. Um, I kind of just want to, you know, give our reason of why we're doing this. Um, I think I think starting out uh, a while back, uh, I kind of mentioned it to Jay before I even did it. Uh, was the uh, you know the hunting hunting harvesting South Georgia you know accounts all like you know Instagram account Facebook and y'all can go follow us. You know we we pretty much just. On those accounts, you know, we talk about Jesus, and we basically just try to share the gospel, and then we share other people's harvests. Um, I had a bunch of people. As soon as I started posting a bunch of the deer pics from this past season, everybody was like, can you post mine? Can you post mine? (laughs) And so, which that's good because really, you know, if they look at – if they look at all the other stuff we have on there, yeah, they can kind of yeah. see where we're kind of also sharing, you know, yeah. the gospel. We so, got my grandbaby on there. Oh, yeah. My sucker <laughs> shot a stud. Straight up yeah. stud. You, you tell yeah, that story. He's my trigger man. So, so yeah, I haven't killed a deer in, since 2020. I killed a doe in Kansas, the last deer I killed. So, uh-huh. Kellen, he's my grandson. He's seven. Um, all my grandchildren hunt. Um, oldest one's 20. She killed her first deer years and years ago. Um, but this year, uh, Kellen and I, we he's the trigger man. So he, uh, we got up on Sunday morning, you know, some of the legalists won't like us going hunting on Sunday morning, but <laughs> his mama uh, lets us go hunting on Sunday morning before church. As long as we never are late for church, we can still have permission to go hunting. So mm-hmm. we got up late and ran into a stand that we uh, just kind of counted on seeing a doe and Lo and behold, there, but he was there when we got there. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. Kellen is seven, so we got in the blind, and set up the tripod, and set up the gun, and broke daylight enough, and shot was a nice rack buck, especially for a seven-year-old. And then, yeah. Like I said, once you know the story, once we got there, um, he had 13 scoreable points. Uh, scored about 135 inches, which is dang good for South Georgia. And and like, and I I wrote it all up in the Georgia Outdoor News, but the the proudest thing is, is that, you know, first of all, church and Christ comes first in not only my life, my Mm -hmm. daughter's life, but also a seven-year-old. He's Mm -hmm. fully aware. Mm -hmm. Probably not at the age of accountability, but fully aware of his soul belongs to the Lord. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and we have a ritual that, I guess you could call it a ritual or whatever we do when he kills a deer. When everybody kills a deer in my family, we give thanks for the deer and mm, give thanks to the Lord. That's right. I told him to do that, and I walked away, and when I turned around, you've seen the picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was already kneeling. I told him to be sincere. I was going to tell him to be sincere, and he already had his hat off kneeling next to the deer, praying and giving thanks. So mm-hmm. prouder of that than I am to, oh, yeah. to 
the deer. But yeah, no. Nah, proud of all of it. But. Yeah, no, that dude. I saw the picture of that deer. I was like, oh, good lord. <laughs> I would for sat for for seven Georgia. Years old too, yeah. For Georgia at a yeah. you know seven year old shooting a deer like that. That's a that's a that's a dream. No, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, basically this podcast is just really just going to be talking about Jesus and hunting, our two 100%. favorite things. These are just two country boys just talking about those two things, and they, uh, you know, they mean a lot to both of us, you know, especially Jesus more than anything, um, and it's just about using, because I no longer play sports, and I told you this, Jay, I was like, look, I got to find something else to bring, you know, help me to witness you know god and share the gospel um using a skill that i have and so and we'll get into all that of how you know each of our hunting stories you know how how it came about and um and all that good stuff so uh jay i just kind of want everybody to you know introduce yourself you know talk about you know how how god you know came into your life how you know you became a child of god you know how jesus was able to settle in your heart and so you got it um yeah, Jay Murray. I uh, live in the big city of Uvalde. Uh, born and raised in Savannah, Georgia. Um, met my wife and soulmate in Savannah, and we brought our children to Hazelhurst and then Uvalde, and that was some 20-some-odd years ago. And um, Met Dalton. It's been a while, brother. Oh, um, I don't even remember how old and, I was. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was teaching youth and Sunday school and all that when he was, I don't even think you were in high school yet, but uh, mm-hmm. kind of relate. You know, we all as men and and, and uh, we've all been teenage boys at one time or another, and mm-hmm. I think you're kind of like me, which leads into how I came to know Christ. I think you have the same background I do. You, you actually were more into church as a kid than I was, but mm-hmm. around our culture, you always know there is a God, you know, pretty much everybody here. It's just assumed that there's there's a God and Mm -hmm. you're a Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you let yourself, you can fool yourself into thinking that'll get you into heaven. That's right. That's right. um, I always knew there was a God. I always Mm -hmm. believed in God. I always prayed even Mm -hmm. before age of accountability, after age of accountability, while I was lost, um, went through a lot of things, you know, that I had a granny who was a, you know, a Bible-believing, one of them blue-haired saints that stayed on her knees praying and raised us in, you know, fear and admonition of the Lord, so mm-hmm. uh, so to speak. And I had a granddaddy on my mama's side. He read the Bible religiously and knew the Word, very intelligent man with a lot of integrity. So I saw it, you know, in people my whole life, um, different family members, you know, crime to Christian, just Christian. So... You know, I, I told this story the other day. Actually, the first time I went to the altar when the Holy Spirit was tugging at me, I actually told the preacher that I wanted to rededicate my life, knowing mm-hmm. full well I was lost mm-hmm. um, in church, going to church. Um, and, you know, and probably sometime now and in the future, I'll, I'll allude to a Baptist or a Methodist or a Pentecostal or, and I had to tell a guy this the other day. This is part of our South Georgia culture. If we love mm-hmm. you, we pick on you. If we pick yeah. at you about being a Baptist, we pick <laughs> at you about being non-denominational. Mm-hmm. They pick at us for having a, a concert on Sundays. You know, mm-hmm. we love one another, and that has nothing to do with our salvation. But That's right. um, 2004 is when the Lord got a hold of me and I got saved. But mm-hmm. I had some things in my past that I knew the Lord forgave me for, 
Mm-hmm. And even when I was a deacon in the church, I had not forgiven myself about, and we'll talk about those in the future. Mm-hmm. I mean, we won't give our whole testimony in the first 15 minutes. That's right, that's right. But, uh, and so, you know, praying and fasting has always been a part of my arsenal. I know you too, but um, just came to know how to worship the Lord. And honestly, I worked with you and youth and all that and still and love the Lord. And, you know, I've been from lost to teetotaler, you know, mm-hmm. very legalistic, very judgmental, mm-hmm. beating people over the head with, you know, definition of sin mm-hmm. instead of the gospel and the good news to um, what I feel like now is a more mature Christian who I'm no judge. I don't put myself on the throne in any instance, you know, their sin is sin, and sin's always going to be sin, and I don't have to define it. This word right here defines it, mm-hmm. and uh, and quite honestly, I don't have to call anybody out on it. That's I'm right. going to live my life the way God intends for me to live it. I pray for an obedient heart. Mm-hmm. I'm not smart enough to figure out my own ways, uh, but you know, <clears throat> I'd say 20, 20, into twenty teens, twenty ten. I mean, I was on fire for a long time, just didn't know how to witness and come across and then you know started right. working with y'all and, mm-hmm. and uh and you actually i mean all youth helps me but you're in our relationship mm-hmm. and a few other kids from that same church the same mm-hmm. class i still look at them and i'm proud of them you mm-hmm. know or and like you and i have had some deep discussions you know and it's yeah. not that you can't have them with your parents it's just mm-hmm. more comfortable to talk to somebody who you don't have to look in the eye every day. That's right. And, you know, I've encountered, I pretty much encountered everything that a teenage boy encountered, although it was mm-hmm. 40 years ago. But, mm-hmm. but uh, and so as you were going through them, I told you how I dealt with them, and you and I just seem to be like-minded in a lot of things, mm-hmm. especially since, <coughs> excuse me, especially since, you know, at that time, you were rooted in football, mm-hmm. sports, and and I was there as a teenager, you know, and just like you, in my mind, I was going to go to college and go to the NFL. Well, yeah. life happens. <laughs> yeah, you know, it does. God laughs at our plans. It does. And uh, and then, of course, the outdoors, hunting and fishing and just being in the outdoors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, and I've used the line that everybody uses, you know, my church is a deer stand. Mm-hmm. And if that's if that's your reality, if mm-hmm. you can, if you when you lay down at night, that's what you have on your mind and that's, God's okay with that, you know. Mm-hmm. That's you and yours. Again, I'm no throne. I'm not. I don't sit on any throne and judge. But I know for me, it was never really my church. It was just an excuse. That's and right. You can worship God in the outdoors if mm-hmm. you, if you got any belief at all. It's pretty easy to have your faith renewed in the outdoors. That's know? right. That's right. Just that's the beauty and the power of it. So. Yeah, that's what I feel like. I mean, that's the reason you know God came down and you know died on the cross so that he can provide us, you know, the Absolutely. the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is with you 24-7 and never leaves you. Jesus is always by your side. And I, no matter where I'm at, man, it's just, I can, I, there's a lot of times I'm just like, it, it just dongs on me like, you know, God's sitting there talking to me about something. He's there. He's there with you. And Absolutely. so, no, that's that's awesome, Jay. I, I, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, <laughs> it was. That was a while back. I can't remember. I think I may have been. In, I think I may, may have been in middle school whenever you came to yeah, that church. I so I don't know if he was a teenager. Or, I can't remember or, or quite yet. But not. yeah, no, yeah. So, so yeah, that's basically that's basically kind of what I just wanted to let the audience hear is just you know your testimony, what what brought you to Christ, and you know how has he you know 
affected your life so majorly that it's it's brung you peace and um, yeah. just good times. So honestly, I think, and I mean, I look to certain dates. Twenty fifteen, mm-hmm. I I prayed if he had something for me to do, mm-hmm. I wanted to be obedient. Mm-hmm. And you know the story. He sent us to Iowa, That's seven hundred right. miles from everyone, mm-hmm. grandchildren, and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I tell folks this all the time: if God's got something for you to do, He doesn't. You don't have to convince your spouse. Because not right. only did He convince me, mm-hmm. it took some convincing to move mm-hmm. to Iowa, but He also convinced my wife, Tammy. Mm-hmm. So um, we did. We moved there, and I, I was on fire when I prayed that prayer mm-hmm. in 2015, but. Uh, I thought that I was going to Iowa to do a big work That's know, right. and, and kind of evangelize mm-hmm. to those folks. And he did such a work on me. And you noticed yeah. I, I, beca- I became involved with the outdoor industry, several different hunting shows. And I, I've had the privilege to speak and minister at camps and events and stuff to, you know, several of the folks in the mm-hmm. outdoor industry and, and they're friends of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, 2016, just kind of flipped the switch for me. Yeah. And he flipped the switch. He used black ice. I spun mm-hmm. out on the highway in the middle of Iowa on the way back from the deer stand and, mm-hmm. and just started creating. I've always created ministries. I had an mm-hmm. archery ministry, then I had a softball ministry, then I had Shazone Outdoor Ministries, which is mm-hmm. what I do when I speak for outdoor events. And mm-hmm. and then uh, Swole for Souls, I lift a lot of weights. So Kids seem to listen all, if you got some all the above, huh? Yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's... I, my wife asked me one time, she said, because now I do Medicare as a ministry, uh-huh. you know, I help folks with government subsidized insurance. That's right. And uh, she said something about it. I said, I don't think I'm gonna create a Medicare ministry. And she was like, You got this ministry, this ministry, <laughs> and I, you know, and you kind of wonder what people are gonna think, but then you know, it's like, mm-hmm. honestly, I don't care what they think, I care what God thinks. That's right, the audience of one, right? Mm-hmm. But more than that. Um, I hope that they think that whether I'm successful or not, I'm trying to dedicate mm-hmm. what I do to the Lord. I'm trying to do mm-hmm. it as I'm serving Him, mm-hmm. and and so you know I tell folks every day if I'm gonna, I don't care if which I'm not going to be there, but if I'm in a bar or a mm-hmm. ditch or a deer stand or somebody's house talking to them about Medicare, whatever, I'm talking about Jesus. That's right. You know, they might have a forty in a joint. Mm-hmm. We're gonna talk about Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know and. Uh, I just don't. I don't shoot the wounded anymore, and I feel like that's a lot big. When we'll get into all that with churches yeah. and congregations and such mm-hmm. as that. You know. Yeah. No, that's a uh, yeah, and I guess that kind of you kind of brung up. You know, back when I was starting out of church. So yeah, I guess might as well just say yeah. how God has came into my life. So exactly. yeah. like, I mean, I grew up. You know. First day, basically the first week I was born, my <laughs> my parents took me to church. Yes, um, we, you know, we loved to go to church together. You know, we didn't have much at all, but we were, you know, we were happy. You know, with the love of Jesus and um, my, I swear, my mom was a saint, man. She, just, <laughs> I just never felt like she did anything wrong, especially as a kid. I just, I was just like, God, how could you be like so, you yeah. know. I mean, just understanding of the Bible, you know, everything. I mean, she'd finished a devotion in God knows how long. And I kind of, like I said, I grew up in church, but I always, you know, listened to the Bible stories, read the Bible stories, was going to Sunday school, learned about, you know, this man named Jesus that, 
you know, supposedly died on the cross for such a, you know, bad suffering. And, you know, as a kid, I'm like, why would he do that? Yeah. I just never, never <laughs> grasped why it happened. So uh, I ended up, I think my mom was homeschooling me one year is what it was. And um, I don't know, I may have been like 10, 10 maybe 11. Um, and then all of a sudden, just one day, like, it just clicked. I was just like, Mama, why did Jesus die on the cross? Like, I don't understand why he would do that suffering. And my, mom, my mama's just like, son, he's, he is a loving God. He, that, the reason he died on the cross is so that we could live an eternal life, so that we don't, we don't have to suffer in that way. He took all the pain and washed everything, every mistake that you're going to make, every mm-hmm. every lie you're going to tell, whatever it may be. He took that sin and threw it away with his blood. And so I started to like, I mean, she just kind of went into all the weeds of it, you know, why Jesus came down, you know, God had to become human. Um, and it just clicked. It was like, so you mean to tell me, that and I'm I, I'm a kid now. I mean I'm I'm a kid, but I understood it because once I gave my life to Christ that day, it clicked. It was just like every little thing I did that was wrong, and it's worse. I feel like it's worse when you're a kid too, because yeah. it's just like you're you're supposedly like kids are kids are basically just innocent, basically. So, but I mean every little thing I did wrong was just I just. I felt this guilt and, you know, this shame of Jesus would not like that. Like, that is not the the God that, you know, the God that I worship would not appreciate me doing whatever it may be. So <laughs> that's kind of how it all started out, you know, um, through high school. You know, it just kind of stuck with me. I, I always take my Bible to school. Um, I tried to basically just, you know, reach people with Jesus, you know, on my high school team. Um, I was able to baptize my basically my brother. Um, he stayed the night with me all the time, but he uh, I was able to just see God moving him and him become a whole nother man. How it changed his life, and that was that there was better than killing any Boone and Crockett deer or whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's just better than winning a playoff game, better than anything, and that's what drove me to like. I mean, I just love Jesus, and so, you know, high school kind of got over with. I was I was going to play ball in Kentucky um, for a school up there, and it just didn't work out. There was just uh, there's so many things that was just wrong with it. But I just wanted to be home, really. Um, I'm I'm a good old country boy from South Georgia, so I just didn't want to go nowhere. Else. I didn't want to go all the way to Kentucky. But uh, came back, started going to school, started working with my uncle and dad. Um, and then I just kind of, you know, all the other people I graduated with, they were all in college. They were all partying, getting drunk every night, whatever, sleeping around. And I don't know, just one day I was just like, why, you know, why? you know, the devil just basically grabbed a hold of me and just said, yeah, why don't you go try some of that? Why don't you go? That's what the world does. Exactly. And I just, and from then and there, it, it only lasted a semester. But that's all I needed. <laughs> it, it basically, I just, I started, you know, going to parties, going, you know, to college, you know, parties and hanging around college kids and getting drunk. And it was just, it was just tough for a semester. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I, and I honest, honestly believe, and I think me and you talked about this one time, I honestly believe God allowed the devil to do that to help me realize that 
not none of that is as important as he is. Those worldly things, just being selfish in that way does not matter. And so, you know, just one day it just kind of dawned on me. And Jesus, I know God never left my side. You know, I look, I kind, sometimes I look back and, you know, I only saw one, you know, one pair of footsteps walking. And I just thought, God, like, where, where are you at? Like, I'm not, I feel the guilt. I feel the shame of what I'm doing. But, like, why can't you bring, why can't you help me gain back what I had? And then one day it just kind of dawned on me to that God just basically said, look, I allowed this to happen so that you could understand that this world is not what it's all meant to be. He said, I'm the truth, I'm the life. So and that so and then basically those footsteps I saw were <laughs> Jeep, were God's. That was Him. He was carrying me, and so it just kind of flipped the switch. Then and I was back on fire with Jesus and ended up, you know, just getting away from the party crowd. I was still in college, but I was getting away from the party crowd. You know, just trying to seek out Jesus and becoming more faithful in His walk. And I kind of, I kind of think that's why you know he brought me and my wife together. So we, I mean, we were basically partying together, and then we ended up just kind of coming together and like, look, we gotta we gotta get right. Like we gotta start going to church more on Sundays. We gotta start reading our Bibles more. We gotta start, you know, getting closer with God and mm-hmm. and loving Jesus more. And so I I firmly believe that's why he he brought us both together and he put us in each other's lives. So. Yeah, you definitely um, outpunted your coverage with her. So. <laughs> Man, listen, <laughs> listen. See, I, as the truth. Oh my uh, God, dude, she's. I'm, yeah, I'm the same way. But yeah, mm-hmm. and what's funny is I'm, you probably see me smile a little bit as mm-hmm. you're talking about this because I remember you since probably 12, 13 mm-hmm. years old and your struggles. And, and the thing is, we all have those struggles. And I watched right. you have them as a teenage boy, and I still mm-hmm. have them as a man. You know. Yeah. It's hard because you want to live perfect. You want to mm-hmm. live for him. and That's right. Especially when you're younger and naive and less mature, you're like, oh, I disappointed God. Mm-hmm. You can't disappoint God because he never counted on you. That's what right. he knows is he can count on you to screw it up. He counts on all of us to screw it up. That's it. That's who we are. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't disappoint him because you ain't propping him up. That's so right. You can't let him down because you ain't propping mm-hmm. him up. But, but uh, yeah, I remember. I remember you being that way and, and you know, all, and you know, typical teenage and mm-hmm. young adult, and and what's funny is when you were talking about that semester, mm-hmm. you and I were in contact then. And yeah. It's funny, your Lord has kept us in contact for over a decade, oh, yeah. you know, and uh, and you know, then you said, you know, immediately when you came back into you know uh, the fold, I guess you mm-hmm. could say, when you came back to be part of the ninety nine, mm-hmm. which I've been there myself many times. Um, we we reconnected, you mm-hmm. know, and I think, you know, we eat lunch a time or two, yeah. doing this and hunting and and uh, it's just and and listen, it don't it don't the rest of your life and the rest mm-hmm. of my life is the same thing. The world's always tugging at you. The devil's in no hurry. He'll, that's right. He eases along and he's just waiting on a chance to. And that's why we got to put on that full armor every mm-hmm. morning. And and listen, this is not a a Bible thumper thing or a Jesus freak thing or even a church going Christian thing. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. You have asked, got to get the Lord 
on your side. You got to have his protection every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I told my dad not too long ago, healthy people die every day. Yeah. I mean, we are not promised tomorrow. And, mm-hmm. You know, whether it's regardless of what it is, you know. Um, and I thought so too in my mind. I was just like, you know, God allowed the devil to take let me let me go that way, but God never left my side, and God protected me while I was. There could have been many a times where God, he could have been like, "Look, bro, out. I want yeah. you out like a light." But no, man, he just he kept his hand of protection on me, and he just he didn't let it get too far where I was, you know, too far gone. So, no, um, and like I said, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm proud of you, man. You've always been that way. You always had a heart for God and others. Mm-hmm. I watched you witness as a child. I remember you taking your Bible to school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, you know, we're Georgia fans, but Tebow's always been an inspiration for me and you both. Because yeah. you're just that kid that – and that's the kind of way I looked at you. You mm-hmm. sang, you got up and acted in plays, mm-hmm. put yourself out there. That's right. And even most adults don't do that. But yeah. that doesn't earn anything. That's mm-hmm. just worship. You know? That's right. And, that's, I mean, and I'm not talking to you. I'm yeah. talking to me and everybody else. And you said something about a semester. Um, and I tell folks quite often, we can backslide. It might be for five minutes. Mm-hmm. It might be for two minutes. Or it might be five years. It might be 25 years. Mm-hmm. Backslid is its old South Georgia condition that we talk about. Mm-hmm. And uh, But everybody that says it has that in their, in their right. repertoire, in their mm-hmm. testimony. You might go to a red light and rip and snort and act a fool, mm-hmm. and that's your backslid condition. Mm-hmm. It might not last but a minute. You might pull over across the road and, mm-hmm. and, and repent about that, but... Uh, but so, guess what? You still say by Jesus. That's right. Somebody that's who what grace you. is. Where sin, where sin is prevalent, mm-hmm. grace abounds, right? So yeah. the more we sin, the more grace we need. Mm-hmm. And thank God it's freely given. So, yeah. Um, if you ever think you're going to be a, the most perfect person on this earth, you're dead wrong. Because there was only one person who yeah. was able to do that. And you're hiding a lot of truth from yourself and everybody else. Exactly. Nobody's. We all exactly. bunch of screwed up, broken vessels. But, yeah. So, yeah. So we kind of. Me and Jay basically gave you our backstory <laughs> yeah. of, you know, yeah, so. how, you know, everything we struggle with. And, you know, now that our life is, you know, complete with Jesus, you know, we're able to kind of get into the outdoor stuff, the yeah, hunting absolutely. stuff. So I know there's a lot of people want to hear about that. Um, so, you know, just kind of like what you explained a while ago, how did, how did hunting start out for you? I've, I've always been curious myself, yeah. all honestly. I, uh, I fished. You know, mm-hmm. I fished my whole life, and a lot of kids, even today, just don't have the patience for hunting. Mm-hmm. You know, you go fishing, the fish bite, you love it. They don't bite, you go home. Mm-hmm. Um, deer stand, you kind of like, because, I mean, when we say hunting, I learned this when I moved to the Midwest. Mm-hmm. When you say hunting in Georgia, you're talking about deer. Right. You know, unless you say bird hunting, you mm-hmm. know. But there's a lot of other kinds of hunting in this nation and, of course, in the world. But mm-hmm. for us, it's been deer hunting, and I... I uh, I went hunting a time or two, and then I think I was 13, and I had some family members over in uh, near Hinesville, Georgia. Mm-hmm. They actually hunted deer with dogs. Yeah. And, uh, and that was a big south, southern thing back mm-hmm. in the day. And, um, psh, man, I was a kid. I was 13, blue jeans and a flannel shirt. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> they loaned me a 12-gauge with some number one buck and – Mm-hmm. I hunted with them for a while, and then finally a, a, a doe, on a doe day back in them days, mm-hmm. um, she finally screwed up and got close enough that I could actually hit her. Uh-huh. And uh, 
of course, the same old, same rituals, right? They bloodied mm-hmm. my face. Yeah. But man, those days with hunting camp, we there was probably thirty people there, and you clean all the deer, you split up all the meat, you mm-hmm. eat together, you pray together, mm-hmm. you say blessings over the food, and you get a lot of stories from wise old men. And that was my first deer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got into what we call still hunting, which is stand yep. hunting and mm-hmm. climbing trees. And there was hardly any manufactured deer stands back in them days, but mm-hmm. we'd climb up and take a pillow on Fort Stewart. I grew up, I learned how to hunt <laughs> deer on Fort Stewart, Georgia. Okay. Um, my pop would take us and drop us out, and we'd drop, walk, 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 walk. Every, uh-huh. night we'd, every Once a year, we'd jump something and get a shot, and then we started toting pillows and climbing oak trees and just sitting on a limb. And, mm-hmm. and it was, I mean, that's, it was a lot of trial and error. Mm-hmm. But, and, uh, and then, but same thing, you know, it's when you, when you do have that Holy Spirit draw you. That's right. And you're sitting in the woods in the middle of this breaking daylight or getting dark or whatever. And there's such an immense amount of evidence of his creation, mm-hmm. you know, all he says, he says all it takes is a mustard seed faith. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you're sitting there, and it's just like, there's way, no way, no how this came from some Big Bang Theory or oh my goodness. I came from you a monkey and all that mess. Um, it's just evident. And, you know, and the more you give him the honor and the praise he deserves, you give less credit. Mm-hmm. to luck, circumstance, mm-hmm. those type things. And, you know, one of my biggest prayers when I was a kid in a deer stand was let me kill a deer. Yeah. Let me kill a buck, you know, a big right. buck. And it just right. grows. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it, I carry that over to adulthood. I pray about a parking spot if I need to. I pray about everything because, mm-hmm. you know, that's a story we'll talk about later. I prayed about <laughs> breast cancer in a parking yeah. spot in the same breath one day, and he gave me both, mm-hmm. healed somebody's breast, breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but breast cancer, you know, the worst cancer is no harder for him right. than a parking spot. That's know? right. So we put him in a box a lot of times, but that's kind of getting away from the outdoors. But my papa got us in it. Um, he carried his Fort Stewart, dropped us out. And then, of course, as we grew and got our own driver's license, mm-hmm. I've driven a Volkswagen bug. With, and we hunted deer. We drove little bitty trucks, LTDs, put deer in the <laughs> trunk. Um, my uncle, his name's Keeter. It's a good South Georgia name. Peter. <laughs> he and I, I mean, we were inseparable, and we hunted our guts out, and we'd kill a couple here and there. And, and just, like I said, we just, you know, not necessarily tying it to the Lord then. It was just all about, mm-hmm. you know, hunting and, and greed, to be honest with you. The more you kill, the better, which wasn't a whole lot for us mm-hmm. back then. We did, we liked skill. Didn't even own a rifle. Finally got rifles and mm-hmm. scopes. Man, that was something new to us, a scope. And, um, but, you know, you learn how to hunt. Mm-hmm. You, you learn how to get close. And then, of course, mm-hmm. we got bows. It took me five years with a bow and arrow to finally kill a deer. Mm-hmm. But, like I said, just the more you sit out in the outdoors, and it doesn't have to be a deer stand. It can be a lake. be a That's duck right. blind. You know? That's right. I can't imagine I would enjoy ice fishing too much. I've seen some folks do it. I lived up there with them, but. Um, even ice fishing, I'm assuming, but, uh, you know, it's just easy to find evidence of his creation. Once you realize it, once you come to understand that he created all this and he mm-hmm. gave us dominion. Oh yeah. Um, 
and then it's just a it's just a love outdoors. And kind of like you said earlier, um, I played football. I went to Georgia Southern to walk on, and just like you, I just said this ain't for me. I'm a mama's boy. I'm going home. I'm gonna work. I'm tired of being broke. I'm tired of missing That's my it. mama. So um, went home and went to work. And gotta have something as we we are those type of people. You throw yourself into something, you know, and got to be careful not to make an idol out of it. But Yeah, we, that's that's the main and thing. And we've done it. You yeah. know, everybody's done it. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just carried on for 40-some-odd 40, 40 years. I believe it's been 40, soon be 42 years since I killed my first deer. Yeah, they uh, – yeah, because I'm, I'm, fi- I'm trying to find a uh, we scripture – yeah. Right there, that uh, I think I posted it actually on the uh, the Harvesting South Georgia uh, account. If I can find it, it's yeah. in the Romans. That's fine. We uh, and I say that, and I talk about that as an introduction. But that was kind of my introduction to deer hunting. Mm-hmm. We used to walk around Savannah, Georgia, mm-hmm. with pellet rifles, and we couldn't afford pellets. We had BBs in in the gun that would shoot both. Uh-huh. We killed squirrels. We killed everything. I saw a meme on Facebook the other day. It says, how did I get so good at hunting? And it's got a little uh, BB gun and a sparrow somewhere. That, oh, yeah? But yeah, we walked around, and we we used to go around a Catholic school mm-hmm. and, and shoot all their squirrels and pigeons. They, I raised on a horse farm. We had pigeons everywhere, and they were good target practice. But the, oh, ca- yeah. the priest would come out and run us off, or the nuns would come out and run us off. We got there shooting <laughs> squirrels in, in the middle of Savannah. Yeah, we were children, babies. Yeah, check check this verse out. So yes, it's funny you said that. So in Romans one twenty, yeah, chapter one, verse twenty. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, <clears throat> His eternal power and divine nature has been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuses. I mean, that's gold, dude. You can't, because, like, every time I'm, I mean, if you're just sitting in the stand and it's a crisp, crisp, cold morning, you know, blue sky, sun starts coming up, and you start seeing, you know, just take whitetails, for example, you start seeing them do what they do. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that, I mean, there's there's a God. Like, there's something. Yeah, I mean, there's evidence everywhere. I mean, it's just you can't. There's, there's no way a big bang, whatever it is, can make that. There's no way. Supposedly, I heard the other day. Supposedly, we're made from salt water. Ain't that, ain't that crazy? <laughs> we're made from salt water. Yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty funny. I'm to fairly well. I, I'm quoted quite often as saying salt water would heal anything, mm-hmm. but it won't, it won't raise a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't yeah. come from a tadpole. I sure didn't come yeah. from a jellyfish. Oh yeah. But uh. But yeah, um, yeah, no, that's that's pretty cool that it kind of all just started, and that's it. Kind that's kind of how mine is as well. I just I grew up hunting. You know, my dad took me whenever he could. My dad was just always busy working, trying to provide for the family. So, and we didn't really have much land, so right. there was not really a lot of not really a lot of places to go hunt. But when we did, we had a blind or a, a blind in the back of the house about. Probably about 50 yards back from the house. Yep. I mean, you could hear mom talking on the back porch. So, <laughs> uh, you know, we would go and throw our little corn. We may see a doe every once in a while, but it was just my dad just could not spend much time, you know, doing it, you know, because yeah. he had to provide and, and work for the family. So, um, but that's just 
also too, sports was a big thing for me back then. I was doing travel ball, you know, about all that, and um, especially got in high school, sports was all I did. It's hard to deer hunt during football season. You ain't for kidding, a high school dude. player or a coach. Uh huh. So I really, honestly, I've always hunted. You know, we did go score. I probably went more squirrel hunting than yeah. deer hunting than anything. Like with you know, with a bunch of dogs and everything. So. Kind of got into college. Um, I ended up, let's see, and I was still hunting a little bit. You know, we we were able to kind of hunt piece of property in the back of the house of our, you know, where our new house, where my parents' mm-hmm. new house is, yeah. uh, over in Oak Park. So we were able to kind of hunt a little bit there. But one day I came home from school and I was living with a group of guys actually here from Vidalia. Um, they started. They were out back. I was actually walking out the door, and they were to the to my right, and their target was to their left, and they were <laughs> shooting compound bows. And all I heard when I opened the door, I said, Phew. I was like, what the heck was that? I said, I, they were like, oh, sorry, we didn't, you know, yeah. we didn't see you, but they, uh, they were shooting compound bows. So I was like, dude, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so yeah. I literally the next, and I had a little, I had a pretty good little job part-time that let me, allowed me to go to school. Um, so I can make some money, make a living, so I can survive. Um, I ended up just getting a bear salute (laughs) (laughs) off of eBay for like 200 bucks. So yeah, I basically got a bow. Um, I ended up trying it out we ended up getting some property you know that a guy let us hunt and you know i said i set it up with a ladder stand dude i was like ladder stand with a bow and it was just it was hard to put up a good spot to just kill a doe i was just i was just wanting a bow kill a you know kill a doe with my bow and first year was like tough did the second year it was tough i was like man i'm just gonna rifle hunt (laughs) <laughs> and then uh, in my third year, I started doing it. I was like, I'm 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 gonna shoot a, I'm gonna shoot a deer this year with my bow. I'm gonna try. So I started looking up YouTube videos, just Midwest Whitetail, Buck Commander, just all those guys, and trying to figure out how can I kill a deer with my bow. Yeah. And so finally, finally, I ended up kind of you know I saw these guys in lock on, so I went ahead and got a lock on. And um, got it set up, shot my deer, shot a doe. Doe came in. It was a young doe, but it was a doe. So, yeah, I, I basically shot her, and, man, that that was like killing a – I mean, that was just like killing a big old buck. I mean, it was just – you couldn't – It just I was shaking, you know, drawing back. I was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. And so – you know, I was able to harvest, you know, that doe, and that there just kind of made me hooked to it. Like, I was like, I never want to go back to a rifle again. <laughs> yeah. And so, ended up, you know, time progressed on, and, you know, I was kind of getting better at it. I started understanding from my, 